Good morning to each one. I want to greet you in Jesus' precious name. I want to welcome each of the visitors, especially we hope you feel welcome here and join right in and worship with us. For an introduction to the message this morning, I invite you to the Old Testament, and there we find a story that I want to use to introduce the message that I felt led to share this morning. This account is found in 2 Kings chapter 7, and we won't be reading all of it. I'll be telling some of it, and then we'll, we'll look at that account a little bit, so if you want to turn there a while. Feel free. Here we find the city of Samaria, surrounded by the army of Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, who is from Syria. The people in that city were starving because it was surrounded by this army, and so people couldn't go in or out of the city. They were stuck in the city. So they couldn't go out to their fields or to their cattle or whatever to get food. And so the army was starving these people in the city in this way. It states there that food has, had become so precious that people were paying up to 80 shekels just for a donkey's head. And not only was this an unclean animal, but who wants to eat that part of the animal and pay that amount of money? And I don't know exactly how much that cost the people, but I did a little research online just for interest's sake to see how long it took for someone to earn that much money. And most people, if I understand correctly, and if you have other figures, feel free to share them with me because I find these things kind of interesting. But most people would make something like one denarius a day. And it took, according to what I found, two 0.9 denarius is to make one shekel or thereabout. And so for 80 shekels, it could have taken up to seven months or more just to make that much money. And yet people were so desperate, they were spending that much money just for a donkey's head. So things were desperate. Other things were happening, too, that the Bible shares that were just awful because of the desperation of the time. Outside the city gates were four men, along with the army that was there. These men were lepers, and according to the law they had, they were unclean, and so they weren't allowed to interact with the rest of the community because of their leprosy. When they had skin disease, they had to be outside the community. So that's why we find these men out there. They, too, were becoming very hungry, and I had to stop and think, well, if the people inside were hungry because they didn't have food, then must be the food was outside the city, so why couldn't the lepers find food? But anyway, they were hungry and were getting worried how they would survive. And so they were contemplating among themselves, what are we going to do? And they said, we could go into the city, but if we do that, there's no food there, so we won't survive there. If we stay here, we're going to die from hunger too. So our third option is to go down to the army and down to camp and see if perhaps they will have mercy on us and share with us. And so that's what they decided to do. They said, well, if, if, if they don't have mercy, we'll die there, but our other options are the same, so let's go. 
And so let's see what happened when these four lepers come into camp. And you can follow along in 2 Kings 7, verse 5. I was thinking I had opened up to the right place, but here we go. And so these lepers rose up in the twilight, so in evening, to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the hosts of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight. They left their tents, their horses, their asses, and even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. So there was no man there anymore. But what all did they leave behind? Verse 8. And when the lepers came to the uttermost part of the excuse me, to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink, and carried thence silver and gold, and raiment, and went and hid it, and came again, and entered into another tent, and carried thence also, and went and hid it. Then they said one to another, We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called unto the porter of the city, and they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied and asses tied, and the tents as they were. And he called the porters, and they told it to the king's house within. And so on. So they they shared this good news with this city, with the people that were within the city, saying, There's food out here in the tents. And I find this story quite intriguing, that these people, the Syrians, had tried to starve out the children of Israel, the the people that were within the city, and yet God caused a miracle to happen, and they ended up providing for these people's needs. But the thing that I want us to think about through the message today is the response of the lepers to what they found in the tents. Notice what they said. As they discovered these things, they first filled themselves. They ate. They were starving hungry, so they ate. And then there was gold and silver and raiment, and so they took and hid those things. And they went to the next tent to do the same. And then they stopped and said, We do not well. This day is a day of good tidings, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. Here the lepers had found physical things, things that would supply their needs physically. And we need that to survive. But I want us to think this morning about spiritual blessings that God has given us and what we are doing, how we are responding to those things. And I have to think that as these lepers 
found food. They maybe didn't find tables set up in the tents, but they found food there. You know, God too has a table spread or has has blessed us as I shared, shared excuse me, as I already shared, with these spiritual blessings. What are we doing with them? There was a song that came to mind, and <clears throat> the scripture doesn't state all of this song this way, but I think we find the idea there in some of Jesus' teaching. And I want to read this song, or poem, to you just to continue to cause our minds to think about what we are doing today. There is peace and contentment in my father's house today. Lots of food on his table and no one turned away. There is singing and laughter as the hours pass by, but a hush calms the singing as the father sadly cries. My house is full, but my field is empty. Who will go and work for me today? It seems my children all want to stay around my table, but no one wants to work in my fields. No one wants to work in my fields. Push away from the table, look out through the window pane. Just beyond the house of plenty lies a field of golden grain. And it's ripe, white unto harvest. Oh, but the reapers, where are they? They're in the house. Oh, can't the children hear? The father sadly say. My house is full, but my field is empty. Who will go and work for me today? It seems my children all want to stay around my table, but no one wants to work in my fields. No one wants to work in my fields. And I want to share this morning that part of the reason that I felt led to prepare this message is because of me. I feel like it has been easy for me in the past to not always be as thankful as I should for what God has done for me and, and not be willing to share the blessing, the plan of salvation with others when I had opportunity to do it. And so I'm not just sharing this because I feel like you all need to improve. I am blessed by all the different ways that I see you reaching out in the community and hear of the ways that you are. And so the Lord bless you for that. But I want to just encourage all of us, and especially myself, to, to do better. To do as those lepers did once they realized what they had and what they had to share. And they said, let's go and tell. They had good news, and so do we. I want us to think a little bit about the spiritual blessings that we receive from God. And I invite you to, to feel free to share some this morning. I thought about bringing a marker board and we could write a list of some of those things. But what comes to your mind when you think of blessings from God? Things that he gives us that we, um, they're not in and of ourselves, but they come from him. Anyone? Okay. Spirit of truth. I have that on my list. Okay, thank you. I agree. That is a blessing from God. And we see, I'm sorry, creativity. Okay, thank you. God can direct us in that, and we see that in Him, in nature, 
how he created the world, the beauty we see in the changing of seasons. I just am amazed by the, the beauty of the leaves this fall. Wasn't expecting them to be quite so bright. I'm sorry. Okay, that's right. Connection with empathy for others. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay. That's not always easy. But with God's help, we can forgive. Yeah. And we see that demonstrated by Christ when he was here on earth. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. The Holy Spirit to guide us every day. Acts 1.8 says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, or Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So the Holy Spirit can guide us and give us the power to be a witness, to go and proclaim to the world what God has done for us. That's right. And that is a real blessing. And so that gives us what? Peace. So I was thinking about the fruit of the Spirit. All the things that are in that list come from God. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. And some of those things are what we benefit and, and enjoy. And yet so many of those things are what other people enjoy when we are, have those gifts that come from God. We consider long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. You know, Other people enjoy and benefit from those things. Because of what God has done in our lives. I'm thankful for the brotherhood that we have. Where we can fellowship, we can encourage and strengthen one another. Eternal life with Christ. And we've, we've talked about these things come from God. James 1.16, do not err, my beloved brethren, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So we have all these things that we have listed and more, the armor of God and so on. So we enjoy these things. We are thankful for them. They are a blessing to us. But then what are we doing? Are we just keeping them to ourselves as the lepers at first were tempted to do? Or do we want to share with others so they can experience these things that we have get, been given from God? This day is a day of good tidings. Let us go and tell all the blessings that we have in being a Christian and being a follower of him. We need to remember that he is God, he is sovereign, and we need to come to him. He asks us to come to him with our needs, but also remember that he ultimately is in control and, and be submissive to his will for our lives. We are familiar with the passage in Matthew 28 where Jesus sends out and, and says, go ye therefore and teach. You know, his teaching needs to include bringing others into acquaintance or into knowing who God is. 
Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So that's what Jesus is asking us to do, to go and teach. Go and share what God has done with us, just as the lepers shared what God had provided for them. In Matthew 10, Jesus was giving instructions to his disciples when he was sending them out to preach to the Jews. And he was telling them different things that they, in um, Matthew 10, 8, he says, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely ye have received, freely give. And I believe we have noted that these gifts that we've received from God were gifts that he gave to us freely. And I think we need to freely Give, freely share with others what he has done for us. There are a couple words that one can think about when you think about the attitude that the lepers had as they wanted to share this good news with those that were still inside the city, those that didn't know. You know, they were so close to food, but yet. They didn't know that the camp was empty. So one word that we can think about that the lepers had was compassion. They had compassion for the people inside the city because they knew they had a need. They knew that they were starving. And if we have compassion for the lost, then we too will be willing to go and share. Jesus illustrated this word so well for us in many different ways and times when he was here on earth. And I always am blessed when reading through the Gospels and see how Jesus interacts with the people and what he sees when he looks upon them, and especially upon the multitudes, the statements that he made. In Matthew 9, 35 and 36, it says that Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. And why was he? The verse continues to say, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. That's what Jesus saw when he looked at them. Sheep having no shepherd. It's not a pretty sight. I never had many sheep. But I believe sheep are very vulnerable to the wild animals, to things around them. They can't protect themselves very well. And they depend on the shepherd to either give them a safe place or to be there and protect them. To lead them to the things that they need, whether food or water. But Jesus saw these multitudes as people that did not have a shepherd, people that were lonely as a sheep without a shepherd, just wandering around, not having anything to protect them, being very vulnerable. And he wanted to be their shepherd. And so he looked on them with compassion and related to them in that way. 
Another time in Matthew 14, 13, he said that he had compassion on the multitudes. He had just received word that John the Baptist had been beheaded. And it says he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. He wanted to have apparently some time alone. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. I think if we have a vision like that for the loss, for the hurting that are around us, then we too can have compassion and be willing to go. It will help motivate us to share, to help, to especially share with them salvation and what God can do for them. Other places, Jesus was moved with compassion when there was the sick and so on. And he would heal them because he had compassion, pity, and love for them. And I was, as I was thinking about compassion, I had to think there was, you know, there's so many people who don't really seem to care very much about God and what he has done for them. They just want to do their own thing and not care about God, not care about Jesus and the love he has for them. And so I believe at times it may be hard for me to have compassion for the people like that who want to just go do their own thing and don't care. But I believe God can help me, help us, to have compassion for the lost when we think about eternity, think about what they are facing, what they are struggling with without Christ. Another example of someone who had compassion is the very familiar story of Paul. You know, before his conversion, he was a man who had little compassion. He didn't care much about anyone except himself. He encouraged the stoning of Stephen. He stood there and watched. He went around wanting to persecute the Christians and take them back to Jerusalem. But what a difference God made in his life when he surrendered his all to God. He was a different man. He had a different outlook on life, a different perspective, and he had love. He had compassion for those. What all did this cause him to do? He had a strong desire to preach and to tell others about his Savior, Jesus Christ, who could change their lives just like he had changed his We see the compassion he had for the lost by the amount of time that he spent going from city to city, the missionary journeys that he went on, the time that he was gone to be a witness, to share with those around and in far lands, and the time that he spent to write letters to encourage them. You can turn with me to 1 Corinthians 9. Here Paul talks a little bit about what he tried to do to be a witness, what he was willing to do. I want to read verses 16 through 23. 
For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. So here what Paul is saying, I need to go, I need to preach, because God has called me to this, to share the gospel with others. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me, what is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I may gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that were under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without law, being not without law of God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Paul was willing to go, to share, and to relate to the people that he was sharing with. He wanted to get on their level and have an understanding of how they thought and how they um, lived so that he could be a, a witness to them. It wasn't just uh, a quick high and by, but he wanted to get to know people and to share with them Jesus, share with them the gospel. And he wanted to offer this freely. He didn't want to feel pe- people feel like they were obligated to, to pay him for coming and sharing with them, but he wanted to go and share freely because God had called him, had asked him to do that. I think God is asking us, asking me, I know he is, to go and share likewise. Do I have the compassion that I should have for the loss? His goal in doing this was that he may save some. And I believe we can see and know that he was successful in sharing the gospel with many people so that many could come to learn about God and be saved. Another word that's important when sharing and that the lepers use is they communicated. They communicated with the people in the city. They didn't just stay outside the city and say, well, eventually they'll find out that there's no one out there in the tents. They had compassion, and then they communicated the good news with those inside the city. Do we seek or watch for opportunities to share the gospel with someone? I'm very challenged with Brother Phillips' work with the billboard ministry. That would be very stretching for me, and probably very good for me. But it takes commitment, it takes courage and confidence to be willing to pick up the phone and talk to a stranger being ready to answer their questions no matter what 
what question they have. He's willing to communicate. He's willing to share the truth about God to people who call and ask. Some of the rest of you communicate by holding a sign along the road down here at the bottom of the driveway. Maybe you're not verbally talking, but you're communicating truth to the people that pass by. And I want to say thank you for doing that. How are you communicating to others? Let's look at another familiar passage in John 4. We're not going to read all of this passage because it is quite familiar, but Jesus is relating to a woman of Samaria at the well. And in verse 3, it says that he had left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he needed to go through Samaria. And that was the easiest route, but not all Jews did that. Some would cross across the, the river and go around Samaria because they didn't want to have any inter- interaction with the people of Samaria. But Jesus wanted to and took time to communicate with the people there, as this passage points out. And so as they are walking along, and this could have been a couple-day journey, maybe a three-day journey, but they stop along the, at this well, and, and the disciples go on into town or into the city to buy meat, it says, buy food because they're hungry. And Jesus just stays out at the well and waits there. And a woman of Samaria comes out to draw water. And Jesus asks her a very simple question. Asks her for a drink. Give me to drink in verse 7. And I've often wondered or kind of pondered before why Jesus asked her to serve him instead of just getting water himself. But it appears there wasn't a container there for them to draw with. She had brought a container along so that she could draw water for her needs. And so Jesus simply asks for a drink. So he's communicating with her. He begins a conversation. And as stated, we we know that conversation as she is surprised that he would ask something of someone from Samaria because Jesus being a Jew. Verse 9, Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me? which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And of course the lady doesn't quite understand what Jesus is talking about right at first. And so they continue this dialogue back and forth. And as we skip over some of the verses, Jesus is just carrying on a a nice conversation with this lady. Jesus, um, the woman asks in verse 19, I perceive, or the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in the mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So she's realizing that Jesus is someone special, and she thinks he's a prophet. And she wants to ask him questions. What are we supposed to do? 
Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, and the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messias cometh, Messiah, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And I just so appreciate this dialogue that Jesus had with this lady. She felt open to share, to talk to Jesus and ask him questions. And I have to think, how, how open am I as, as that I, I carry or talk to someone in the community? How well do I carry a conversation? You know I tend to be quiet, but that's not an excuse. I need to do my part to be someone that people feel at ease to share, to ask questions, to learn about God. This lady ask questions, and Jesus shares that he is Christ. And at that time, the disciples came back, and the woman left her water pot, verse 28, and went her way into the city. Did she just leave? Was she content with what she had heard? No. Something stirred within her, and she too wanted to communicate. She wanted to share with others because of what was shared with her. And that's what the gospel can do. And and she said, she, she saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? And they went out of the city and came unto him. So Jesus had opportunity to talk to them too. And they believed And they asked him to stay two days so that he could continue to teach and share and communicate with them. And Jesus did all this because he had compassion for the Samaritans, for the people there in Samaria. Another account in Acts 8. The apostles were scattered because of persecution. And so that caused them to go to other parts and share the gospel. And Brother Phillips here in this passage. And he is told to go and share in verse 5. Or he does. And he also goes to the city of Samaria and preach Christ unto them. This is Acts 8 verse 5. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean unclean spirits crying with loud voices came out of the many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. So they were kind of scattered abroad, and Philip goes to Samaria, and there he shares He communicates with 
these people. And it says that there was great joy in that city because of the faithfulness of Philip sharing. Because they learned about Jesus, about salvation. A little later on, Philip is told to go somewhere else. And um, verse 26, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem, unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, and eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning, and sitting in his chariot read Isaiah, Isaiah, the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near, and join thyself to the chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, unto, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And so, and so Philip had the opportunity to communicate with this Ethiopian, to share with him, because he was willing to not only go where the Spirit led him, but to step up, to speak up, ask questions, and then was able to explain the scripture to him and tell him about Christ. Another word, confidence. We talked about uh, compassion, communication, confidence. We need to have confidence in our Savior and what we have to share, and we can put confidence in that. These men, the lepers, that went to the city to share the good news, had confidence that there was food and there was going to be food in those tents for the people that were in the, within the city. And so they could go and share boldly and proclaim it. And we too need confidence in what God has done and be ready to go share. We looked at various illustrations, but as we think about the life of Paul, you know, he expected results. He said that he wanted to be made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. So he had confidence in not only what he was sharing, but that men would be changed because of it. Paul had, Paul had confidence sorry, that the Spirit would lead him where he needed to go, and that would be, he would be with him. You have to think of Romans 8.28 that Paul wrote. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. And as I think about the life of Paul and the different things that he experienced with, for instance, shipwreck, what did that cause? Well, at the one point, it caused them to go to an island. And once they got to the island, then he had an opportunity to share the gospel with the people there. And they were, were blessed. So God allows different things in our lives to direct us and to help us to put us in places where we can share the gospel. Another place was when he was in prison with Silas. They were 
singing and praising God and had opportunity to witness to the jailer because of that. Romans 10, 14. As we think about being willing to go, to share. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher, without someone that's willing to go and share? Am I willing to go? Are we willing to be bold, to have compassion, to communicate the love of Christ and what he has done for us with those around us? Can we say, as the lepers did, this day is a good day of tidings. Now therefore come that we may go and tell. There is another song here in Science Praises, number 220. And it's somewhat similar to the other song that I read, but listen as I share. Heart, the voice of Jesus calling. Who will go and work today? Fields are white, the harvest waiting. Who will bear the sheaves away? Loud and long the master calleth. Rich reward he offers free. Who will answer gladly saying, Here am I, O Lord, send me. If you cannot cross the ocean and the heathen lands explore, you can find the heathen nearer. You can help them at your door. If you cannot speak like angels, if you cannot preach like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus, you can say he died for all. And can't we all do that? No matter how good we can speak, we can tell others of the love of Jesus, whether they are close to us or whether they are far and we travel to see them, as Paul did. While the souls of men are dying and the master calls for you, let none hear you idly saying, there is nothing I can do. Gladly take the task he gives you. Let his work your pleasure be. Answer quickly when he calleth. Here am I, O Lord, send me. And I want that to be, as I stated earlier, to be my prayer, my desire to be willing to step out and share what God has done for me and what he wants to do for them. And may we all be encouraged to have compassion, to communicate, and to have confidence that God will change people's lives when they call upon him. Shall we have a song?